Alexander Badgett, and you're listening to The Bankster Podcast, the only podcast dedicated to the fascinating and the ever more consequential world of central banking. I really enjoyed the responses on Twitter to the last episode of the podcast about the entertaining video produced by the Central Bank of Sweden to celebrate their 350th birthday. I was sent a few other central banking videos, my favorite of which was one produced by the Central Bank of Indonesia, featuring a catchy tune that was stuck in my head for days. The song follows a singer as she dances around a local market showing people some of the new security features in the Indonesian currency, the rupiah. Now, a lot happened in the central verse in between the release of the last episode and today. And there are numerous ways to keep up with the Central Verse on a more frequent basis than the bi-weekly Bankster podcast. However, between the unbelievable short attention span of the political news cycle and the March Madness basketball tournament this month, it's very possible, and probably quite likely, that you missed some of the big news coming out of the Central Verse. So, I'm introducing a new section of the podcast today called News Flash. In each news flash, I'll quickly go through the key central verse events of the previous weeks that you may have missed. One of the key goals of the Bankster podcast and the website, centralverse.org, is not only to share with you the latest news from the Federal Reserve and other central banks from around the world, it's bigger than that. We want to enable you to follow them and keep up to date on your own. So a key part of this section, news flash, will be not only to share the actual news, but also to share the key sources of the information as I received it. So not only will we share with you the information, but how we got the information in real time so you can be ahead of the Centralverse curve in the future. Today, four flashes. Bear Stearns, Dodd-Frank, the New York Fed's presidential search, and finally, this week's FOMC meeting. Let's dive in. Flash 1. Bear Stearns. Ten years ago, this month, one of the oldest investment banks in the country collapsed. Bear Stearns, founded in 1923, by 2007, in those 85 years, had grown into what Forbes called the second most admired securities company in the industry. Its stock price was trading at above $170 per share, and things were looking bright. But within a year, that bright future would turn into a Wall Street nightmare. The company had been heavily leveraged in the mortgage securitization market. Uh, Go read the Michael Lewis book and then watch the movie The Big Short to learn more about uh, mortgage securitization. But anyways, basically, when the U.S. housing market collapsed, Bear Stearns was stuck in serious trouble. Things got so bad so quickly that a fire sale was required to keep the company from having to file for bankruptcy, which would have brought the rest of the market down with it, which, as a sidebar, is not unlike what happened when, a few months later, Lehman Brothers, another investment bank, did in fact file for bankruptcy. The troubled Bear Stearns was sold to J.P. Morgan for a meager $10 per share in March of 2008. So, this is the 10th anniversary of that big event in the lead-up to the Great Recession. So that's Flash 1. What are the sources? Well, my two favorite sources 
uh, are related, and those are Planet Money Indicator, which is a podcast produced by Planet Money every day. It's their daily version. Uh, it's about 10 to, actually, it's about, uh, ranges from six minutes to about 12 minutes. And there's an episode that they did on March 16th uh, that was really great. In it, they interviewed William Cohen, and this is the second source, who is the author. He basically wrote the book on the collapse of Bear Stearns, and that book is called House of Cards. So those are the two sources for flash number one. Now on to flash number two, the Senate Dodd-Frank bill. The U.S. Senate passed a bill amending the financial reform bill that had passed after the Great Recession called the Dodd-Frank Act. The basic premise of the bill is to raise the regulatory thresholds. Now, this is a principle in banking regulation. And the idea is that the bigger the bank, the more strict the regulations are. The idea being that the bigger the bank, the more potential for damage and the wider spread the damage can be. So, banks are traditionally divided into three basic categories. The lowest, community banks. The middle, called the regional banks. And three, the large banks. The thresholds currently stand at about 0 to 10 billion for the uh, community banks, 10 to 50 billion for the regional banks, and 50 billion and above for the large banks. An oversimplified summary of the changes that the Senate bill, Senate's bill would do is it would raise those thresholds. That means that fewer banks would be classified as large and regional banks. The idea being that those banks that move down a level will see a decrease in regulatory oversight. And there's been quite the appetite for a decrease in regulation under the new uh, or not so new anymore, Trump administration. But also this bill got uh, bipartisan support, uh, not across the board, uh, but passed with a pretty strong majority. Um, even uh, one of the co-authors of the original bill uh, backed some parts of it. So the main source for this information was actually an article uh, posted uh, by Victoria uh, Gita, uh, her co-author, Zachary Warm, wrote, wrote it on Politico. Okay, flash number three, the New York Fed presidential search. So, as we know, and as longtime listeners will know, uh, Bill Dudley, president, current president of the Federal Reserve Bank of New York, is going to retire by the end of the year. The position of president of the New York Fed is one of the most important in all of the U.S. Central Bank because the New York Fed is the only reserve bank president that has the, uh, for basically for three reasons. They have a permanent vote on the FOMC. Uh, number two, they conduct or they implement the monetary policy that the FOMC sets. So we're going to talk about the FOMC in just a second, but the when the FOMC makes a decision about uh, raising interest rates or changing the balance sheet, the implementation of those decisions goes to the Federal Reserve Bank of New York. Uh, and the third, one of the third reasons that uh, the Federal Reserve Bank of New York's president is so important is some of the biggest financial institutions, including banks, uh, are regulated by the New York Fed. So it's a really important position. And this week, 
the New York Fed announced that they have narrowed the search for the next president of the New York Fed down to just a, quote, handful, close quote, of candidates. On the whole, this news was greeted with somewhat perplexed expressions. Uh, And there were basically two camps of reactions. From one camp, there came the general sentiment that this was very much an unannouncement announcement, (laughs) meaning that they didn't really announce anything that we didn't already know. And from a second, somewhat stronger attitude camp, resurged the proposal that the process by which Reserve Bank presidents are chosen is quite opaque and needs to be updated. In order to fully understand this issue, you really have to understand how the board of directors at Reserve Banks work. So head back to episode 18 to get the full scoop on how the directors are chosen, who they are, and what they can and cannot do. There was actually one other interesting twist that came out a day or two after the announcement that they had narrowed down the field of choices. And that was that one of the directors who had actually been on the search committee to find the next president was actually resigning. Most likely because he will be going to work for a financial institution. That really got the second camp of people concerned with the process. It got them all worked up. The first source was from the New York Fed's Twitter feed. Uh, They posted a link that they had an announcement about the presidential search. I later got an additional update via an email notification regarding the board of directors that was resigning. Okay, on to newsflash number four, the FOMC meeting. So it, as expected, the Federal Reserve raised the Fed Fund's target range by 25 basis points, which means by one quarter of 1%. So the new range is 1.5% to 1.75. That means on Friday, the reported overnight bank funding rate will probably be about 1.64%, somewhere in that range. Economic projections were also released. Uh, remember that those are released uh, every quarter. So for every other FOMC meeting, so a total of four every year. And seven participants of the FOMC think that there will be a total of four or more rate hikes this year. And eight thought that there would be three or less interest rate hikes this year. So that's a pretty big deal. Um, But this was Jay Powell's first press conference as chair. And it felt like half of the questions that he got at the press conference involved these economic projections. And he reiterated in at least a dozen different ways the important note about the projection. It's important to not put too much stock in the median or the middle. Each of the current FOMC voters, so all 15 of them, have their own models and forecasts of what the Fed should do. And it's important to note that it's not what the Fed will do. Anyways, head back to episode 9 to get an overview of the dot plot. And then episode 20 to really learn about the important nuances in interpreting the dot plot. Now, this one was definitely the biggest news flash of the last two weeks, and you probably heard about it in the news. I have a number of news apps, just regular uh, mainstream news organizations, and I got no less than eight news notifications within about a minute or two. Uh, One from the Washington Post, two from the Washington 
the Wall Street Journal, one from Bloomberg News, two from Yahoo Finance, one from the New York Times, and one from the Chicago Tribune. So, yeah, that's just going to happen. When the federal... These is what the common person knows about the Federal Reserve, that they announce changes to interest rates. And so this is the news that's going to get the farthest reach. Uh, However, I also got an email notification uh, from the Board of Governors. That email included uh, a PDF of the announcement about the interest rate and as well as the economic projections. And then finally, I watched the press conference for free on C-SPAN. You can watch it on MSNBC. uh, You can watch it on YouTube, on the Board of Governors YouTube channel, uh, and just about any business news channel, TV or radio, uh, for the live stream press conference. In conclusion, you probably won't use all of these sources your level of interest in being at the cutting edge of Centralverse information and breaking news may not be as high as mine. That's absolutely okay. I hope that this episode and the future Newsflash episodes will give you a broader look at how I keep up with the Centralverse and how you can keep up on your own, whatever your level of interest. Remember that central banks wield exceptional power. And as the example of Flash number three, from today about the New York Fed's process of selecting a new president shows, sometimes keeping track of what is happening at a central bank is not as easy as other parts of the government, as other companies. And that's in part because the founders of the Federal Reserve designed it as such. However, it doesn't mean we can't follow and observe closely. Not only is it interesting for interest's sake, but it affects our finances and therefore our lives in very real ways. And that's why central banks are worth following. You can sign up for the newsletter where I'll send you one email per episode outlining the sources cited and how you can become a Fed watcher yourself. Today's episode was written, edited, and produced by me, Alexander Badgett. Go to the www.thebanksterpodcast.com to sign up for the show notes and get in touch with me directly. Thanks to all of you for listening, and I'll see you next time on The Bankster Podcast. <laughs>